You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super honored and excited for today's guest. He's a former NFL player turned entrepreneur. He's taught himself to teach thousands on mindset, fitness, and launching superhuman and hitting seven figures in his first year. He's a former NFL Oakland Raiders tight end. Mr. John Madsen has spent his career trying to help others master fitness, mindset, and success. He launched Superhuman in 2021 teaching high-performance behavior and mindset to over 10,000 individuals ranging from former NFL players, Major League Baseball athletes, CEOs, and Fortune 500 companies, and high-level executives, as well as even ordinary men like myself who want to level up. Madsen started as a certified strength and conditioning specialist for high school athletes looking for college scholarships, and within one year, he had launched a seven-figure business, earning the ClickFunnels seven-figure award. Madsen's goal with Superhuman is to transition the businessman into the business athlete. He was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah, but now lives in Scottsdale, Arizona with his wife and three and a half year old daughter. And his motto is something he lives and breathes personally. Go get what's yours. A super excited to welcome John Madsen to Making Bank today. My man, thank you for the introduction, brother. Super appreciate you. Excited to be here and hopefully provide some value to all your listeners, man. Thank you. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, I mean, tell us a little bit about your background a little bit. We'll kind of dive into entrepreneur and all that here in a few minutes. But, um, I mean, I guess what made you get started uh, in football? Because I think when I was reading some stuff online or checking out some stuff, you actually didn't play high school football, right? Yeah, yeah, man. So I was, I'll never forget. It was, uh, I was 15 years old. I walked into that high school weight room for the very first time with about four of my buddies. I can still remember the, the smell of the rubber and the sound of the weights and the smell of sweat. And I was like, man, there's some big dudes in here, right? <laughs> I was, a, I was, uh, gonna be sophomore. They had a bunch of seniors in there and the coach was like, look, guys, you're gonna have to max out on bench press, squat and deadlift. And I had never done any of those things. I'd been an athlete my whole life leading up to that moment. And I'll never forget me and my buddies went to the bench press because that seemed like the easiest option of the other two. And, uh, as my friends was warming up, we threw 25 pounds on the, on the Olympic bar, 95 (laughs) pounds, and it comes crashing down on my chest. And in that moment, I, my friends thought I was joking until I realized that I was getting squished. And so they pulled the bar off of me and they're laughing and making fun of me. And, and, uh, you know, I was like smiling at the time, but inside my confidence was shattered. Right. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to play football this year. And I had that thought because I'm like, I was afraid, right? Like I'm too small and I'm too scrawny. And so I went home that night and I told my dad, I said, dad, uh, I'm not going to play football. I've played since I was 10. I was, I was good. Right. Um, but I'm like, I want to work on my body. I need to get stronger. I made a decision that day that I wasn't going to play that I wasn't going to play football that year, but I also made a decision that I was going to go to work on my body and that one day my friends would see a strong and powerful man 
And so I, I, I went home, my dad bought me a bunch of weights and, and worked out with me for a little bit. And then he hired me a trainer. And for the next okay. three years, I went to the gym at least three times a week and I put on some muscle mass. I was tall, I was skinny, but I still put on some size. I never went back to the football field. However, I was standing at graduation without a scholarship offer and um, I knew that I, I wasn't done being an athlete. So I went to this junior college with the intention of walking on to either the basketball team, football team, or baseball team. Football just came first. And when I, I got permission to walk on um, from the coaches, they looked at me after two weeks and said, don't think about playing basketball or baseball again. If you put your all your effort into football and actually learn how to play, who knows how long you can play. And so I played at that junior college for a year, transferred to the University of Utah under Urban Meyer and won a Fiesta Bowl championship and then ultimately played in the NFL for about three and a half years, mostly with the Oakland Raiders, little stint in Cleveland with the Browns. Go Cleveland. <laughs> they need all the help they can get every year. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was rough back then. They're doing a little bit better now. But, True. <laughs> you know, Cleveland fans, they've been through a lot. Yeah, no, that's that's super interesting. I mean, you know, kind of taking that step back, you know, where you're, you know, playing as a young kid. I remember playing kind of that was it, I think it was peewee football when you're uh, eight, nine, ten and and everything. And then um, then it is it's that big step when you're going from there into that, uh, you know, early, early year of high school. And I mean, you go from, like you said, being maybe the top guy where you're at, and then you step up into that early high school level and everybody's like twice your size all of a sudden. It's like, what the heck? Why did they all grow? And I didn't grow this last year. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was a late bloomer too. So anybody that plays sports know that high school age is a weird, it's a weird kind of year, right? Oh, yeah. I remember not having hair under my armpits until I was going into my senior year almost. And so it was like, I was tall and lanky and skinny. Although I was a good athlete, that strength and power was not natural. And so my friends like, surpa like surpassed me in those years. Sure. And the weight room was like, it was just, it was interesting how I went there and I could see and feel the changes on my body and how in, I could internalize that into more confidence, not only in sport, but just to walk around and be a normal high school kid. And so when I was done playing football, I knew that I was going to do something in the fitness industry because it changed my entire life. And so it was like a transition that although I didn't play 12, 13, 14, 15 years in the NFL, when I was done at 27 years old, I went right back home to Salt Lake City, opened up a gym and created this, this uh, environment for young high school kids that would then, you know, hopefully want to, you know, go from underdog to starter or go earn a college scholarship. And you know, some of the kids that I've trained starting at eight years old are now playing in the NFL. So um, it was a cool transition, something that, uh, you know, was pretty easy for me to go from football back into the fitness industry because I loved it so much. Yeah, no, that's, you know, I think, you know, that's super important, you know, really doing focusing on what you love. I mean, that plays into uh, just the output of what you're able to do and, and, and the quality and, and everything that you're able to deliver, you, you know, obviously then, you know, going in the NFL and, you know, playing, you know, maybe a shorter term frame than some of the other people, which actually is probably a better benefit. <laughs> you're, but not as beat up or hurt or injured and <laughs> mentally, physically, whatever that might be. Um, and, 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 you know, in the long run is probably a good thing for you along that way. While you were there, what were some of the things 
that you've been able to take away from that and apply to the stuff that you're doing today with Superhuman, the strength and conditioning and the different programs that you run for kids and, and everything overall? Yeah, absolutely, man. So the one the one coolest part about that is when I was when I was a junior high kid or even before that, if you were to ask me, John, what are you going to do for, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? I would have looked at you right in the eye like I did many adults and said, I'm going to be a professional athlete. Now, mm. I didn't specify whether that was the NFL, NBA sure. or Major League Baseball player. Right. It was something that was on the top of my mind and that I had parents that drove it into my subconscious that John, whatever you can do, you can do, right? right? Whatever you believe you can do, you can do. And so it never really occurred to me that that wasn't a possibility. Now, I looked at the people playing on ESPN and on TV and, and regardless of sport, it was always natural for me to think like, look, these kids came from somewhere, they grew up in some neighborhood, yet they're playing in the NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball. So it's in the realm of possibility. Someone's done it before, therefore I can do it too. So I was lucky to have that belief system, right? And I think a lot of people get mixed up. That doesn't mean that I believed in myself every single day, every single practice, every single month, every single year. There was multiple times throughout that journey that I'd walk onto the field or I'd walk onto the practice field and get completely dominated, right? And think to myself like, I suck, man. I can't do this. Like, who, like I can't believe I thought that I could do this. Right. right. But one of my superpowers in sport and in business is that I just keep showing up anyways. Mm. Right. I have the courage yeah. to just keep moving. And so when I, when I went from not playing football to then going to junior college, my first year, like I sucked at football. Right. But I kept going out to practice because it was in the realm of possibility that I could get better. And I was so afraid to go home as a quitter that I just kept playing, right? So when I got to the NFL, here's one of the things that I think was my biggest lesson in all of this. My goal was to be a professional athlete, not a Hall of Famer. And so gotcha. when I got to that level, it was like all at once going into my third year, it was no longer about talent or ability. I had already proven that I had that, right? And if I look around and I played with some Hall of Famers like Randy Moss and Warren Sapp and some other incredible players, there's a certain level of guys like like Tom Brady or or like um, um, Randy Moss, for example, yeah. that are just so talented and that it's like unbelievable. But in the the rest of the NFL, it's like we're all a bunch of players. We all have ability. We all have a skill set. We all have all of that physical stuff. Right. It's it's the things that are in between the ears, it's sure. the mindset. It's it's the the next level of belief that separated guys who played like me. I did for three years to some of my friends who played for 12, 13, 14, 15 years. Right. And so I realized that my goal wasn't big enough. And that sounds weird when I talk to some people. It's like I got there. Yes, but I should have I should have shot for something else. Sure. Because. When you reach a goal and you have nothing else to reach for, automatically performance is going to drop. And so when I realized that and I went back and I thought about all, you know my life since the last day that I played football to building this business up over the last 10 years, I, I vowed to myself, I'm never going to make that mistake again. If I have a goal, I'm going to have another one. And I'm going to think really long term so that when I do reach the goal, I'm already trying to reach for another one. And so I think that translates to sport and I think it translates to business. Sometimes people have a monetary goal. I just want to make a million bucks or I just want to make 10 million bucks. And once they once they hit it, they don't know what else to do. 
And I'm like, I made that mistake before. I'm never making that again. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. And you know, a couple of things you kind of brought up. Um, you know, one was you know, what your parents instilled in you. I know, I know mine kind of were the same way as like, you can do anything. You just got to go after it and, you know, and, and you know, try and, and continue it. Like you said, be, um, uh, persistent, continue to, you know, show up every day, you know, continue to try. And I think, you know, that's, that's super important. And you may have some days that you suck and you're not your best. And then it's like, you know, our, my boys, uh, and kids all do martial arts and they compete at the national level and Olympic sparring and stuff. And one year they won <laughs> last this past year, I, all the kids were bigger, taller, stronger somehow. And, you know, they got beat and, you know, and it's, but they take that off and figure out, okay, cool. It sucked. Yeah, I lost, but how can I now do better for next year? What do I need to work on? Whether it's strength, whether it's speed, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's not the talent in the skill, you know, overall, but it's up here, like you said, is, is what's going to keep you going to get you through that next, next step overall. Um, with that, um, one question kind of with what you were saying was, um, kind of with like Tom Brady and the talent and things like that. I mean, and you're you're around it ever more than I was. Um, I was all small kid football and things like that. But um, do you think it's talent or do you think it's work ethic that has gotten them to that level of talent? You know, through the work ethic and the recovery and things like that. Uh, I'm always yeah, interested I mean, in that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to quantify, right? And if, yeah. If someone knows that answer, it'd be you know super tough. But from my experience, I always say. When you're in between ages zero to seven, it's like the it's like that age where everything is like you don't have the ability to separate conscious from unconscious. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a kid that is three years old, four years old, five years old, and everything that I did revolved around sport, for whatever reason, I liked it, right? So my parents put me in T-ball. I liked it. I saw them show up to the games and take interest in it. Therefore, I probably wanted to play more instead of, you know, parents that were not involved, right? Like mom and dad were both playing baseball out in the yard with me. So I think from a young age, it's like I was around it. And I saw that was kind of like keeping that was like a good thing for my family. So I just naturally wanted to do it. And the more the more time you put into it, obviously, the more talented other people are going to see you. Sure. Compare that to like a, an athlete who's like, you know, they stick them in soccer, but they never both parents are not there. So kid looks at this at the sideline. Dad's not there. Mom's not there. What am I doing this for? So they go home and they might uh, take interest in something else. It might not be soccer, or baseball or football. So I think that talent from just a I was born with it standpoint. No idea. I just know that if you if as a parent myself with a three and a half year old, whether she's in dance or soccer or tennis, it's important for me and mom to show her that we're taking interest in all of that stuff so that then she can decide, you know, do I like this? Do I want to continue doing it? If she puts more time into one, I think it's natural for other people at a certain point to be like, man, John is uh, super talented. But it's like, well, I put in thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours into it. So who knows whether it's talent or hard work. Now, I, I do think that my take on like Tom Brady or a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan, some of the best in the world, a lot of times, or even if I'm listening to an entrepreneur who's crushing it, right? Right. They'll talk about sacrifice and they'll talk about discipline, right? And how much discipline a person has to have. I actually think that the, uh, a stronger superpower is desire. I think if we get to the core of it, Kobe Bryant was so driven to be the best. 
that waking up at four in the morning wasn't necessarily a disciplinary action. It was like the desire was like pulling him to do it. Sure. Where some people are like, hey, I don't really want it that bad enough. I don't have that desire. Therefore, the discipline seems like it's so much for me too. Like I just wanted to go out there and practice. Business guys sometimes just want to call more people because they have goals that they that they have purpose for, right? So I always like to talk about this desire concept will drive the discipline rather than the discipline. If there's no purpose in the discipline, you're probably not going to do it for long, whether that's fitness or business or sport. That no, I like that. I mean, you know, from the desire standpoint, because then it, like you said, it doesn't feel like it, it just becomes naturally. You're like, you wake up or whether it's at the 4 a.m. like Kobe and you just, you want to go do it. It's not like, ah, all right, I got to do this to now be better at this. It's just like, cool, I'm excited. I'm going to, I'm up, I'm out the door. You know, I'm, I'm hitting the courts, I'm hitting the field, whatever that may be. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And in, in, in my fitness business, it's the same thing. Like if a person is focused on all the sacrifice and they don't know really why they want to do it, right? If a person goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, hey man, like you got to get your blood pressure down. You probably, you know, ought to start working out. Even then, right? There's a book called Change or Die. And it's like, even when faced with like the most grave decision, most people still won't change. And the reason they won't change is not because of their discipline. It's because they really have no desire or, or no purpose for making the change. And so, you know, now I have an online fitness business where we coach people all over North America. And the one thing that I try to do for, for all of them is to turn up that master control center of desire and get them to buy into the purpose, right? And the purpose might not just be like, oh, I should get healthy for my family. That's what a lot of guys say. Like, I want to I want to be healthy for my kids, but there's still no deep purpose there. Right? right. And so when it gets, you know, that might make help them for the first 12 weeks. But what about the next 12 years? The people who are going to win in fitness or business or whatever, they have to pull from this, the motivate, the true motivation center, which is I freaking want this. Right. I want this level of fitness. I want this level of wealth. Therefore, whatever it takes, I'm going to do. And I think that's just a much easier road than to just mess with this this idea of willpower and discipline forever, because that's when people burn out and they're not going to do it forever. Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs, investing is all an ever-changing landscape these days. And for me, the Modern Finance Podcast hosted by Kevin Rose is a great place to listen to the latest trends in crypto and brush up on the fundamentals. Crypto isn't for everyone. Till you listen to Modern Finance. Modern Finance is the crypto show for the novice and expert alike. Their mission is to demystify crypto and the world of NFTs without dumbing it down. True venture partner Kevin Rose interviews top tech experts and entrepreneurs exploring the modern finance tools and helping others understand crypto, NFTs, and even traditional finance hacks. Modern Finance offers two shows on a single podcast feed one weekly consensus episodes that explores weekly news and distills it into digestible information, and then the deeper interviews, which I love, with individual crypto founders and NFT artists. Don't let your crypto guy friend be the life of the party. By listening to Modern Finance, you will feel well-equipped to discuss and understand the crypto and NFT landscape. Feel informed about your investments and don't miss out on the next big thing in crypto or NFTs. 
Join Kevin Rose on the Modern Finance Podcast every single week so you don't miss a beat. Ten years ago, some people called cryptocurrency a scam. Five years ago, people thought it was a fad. And now it's already over a trillion dollar market and growing. The Modern Finance Podcast helps you make sense of all the coins, NFTs, and chaos. Now is the time to equip yourself with the knowledge of where things are going. The financial landscape is harder than ever to navigate, but you don't have to do it alone. Download and subscribe to Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be the last person on the next train out. Listen to Modern Finance and get ahead of the future of finance. In your, uh, when I was in training, you're, t- you're talking about, you know, taking the, the normal everyday businessman, entrepreneur, you know, making him a business athlete. I mean, obviously, you know, as entrepreneurs, many of us are type A driven, going, you know, going after stuff. And, you know, you're, you're so focused on that. You forget about the fitness, the health side of stuff until, until, you know, you've made it and you're like, oh crap, now I'm so unhealthy. I don't know if I can get back to that. What are you kind of doing to, you know, segue that over and, and, and to bring those people to bridge that over into the health and fitness space? Um, so they are healthy and fitness so they can continue to work at that level and continue to, um, serve and be the best dad or father, you know, if that's, you know, if they have families and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I always say that, you know, I, I'm most interested in the world of, of, of this world of peak performance. So how do we, how do we bring this idea of peak performance? That's not going to take away other aspects, right? I think about it because I'm an entrepreneur. I also love fitness and I, I'm also, you know, married to my beautiful wife and, and am a father, right? So I want, fitness not to take away from my business but enhance it and i want my business and fitness not to take away from my relationship and me being a dad but enhance it and so uh i I, number one i have to get a person to to be aware that there's a problem a lot of my guys yeah maybe they aren't exercising maybe they're burning out maybe they're waking up in the morning saying you know what i gotta fix this i gotta lose this 50 pounds right that's a problem aware person and um I think that, you know, obviously we help those guys all the time, but we also help people that have the second type of problem, which is a problem that they're not aware of. They have a good business. They drive a nice car. They live in the suburbs. Everything is good. They take fancy vacations. They buy their wife Louis Vuitton bags and Gucci bags. All is good, right? Right. And what I where I come in is I'm like, look, man, if you're a five, six or seven in your body, you're not going to lead nines and tens. And so no matter what you do, if you dial in your fitness and you go from being like a little bit better than your friends, a little bit better than mediocre, and you go to a nine, your business is going to even expand further because I can teach you how to do that without going to the gym for two hours a day, seven days a week, and being a slave to you know eating out of a container. We can do fitness in a way that you can get in incredible shape and do it very, very efficiently because most of our guys are already going to the gym. They already exercise. They're already semi aware of what they're eating, but yet they'll go on vacation and they'll see another guy or they'll look in the mirror or they'll see, you know, a picture on Instagram and they'll be like, dang it. I wonder what it would be like to walk around on the beach with actual abs. Like I'm 40 something years old. Could I, could I do it? Right. And I'm like, well, here's a hundred guys that went from like kind of average, semi-average to just completely shredded. And to a person, they would all say it wasn't that hard. So I would say that people put a lot of energy into stuff 
and they focus on 90% of the things that yield 10% of the results. And if we can just flip that and focus on the 10% that's actually important, you get 90% of the results and you actually do it with less effort, right? I'm not going to the gym and feeling and laying in a pool of sweat thinking I'm going to die every day because that would take away from my, my ability to show up on podcasts, to show up and build my business. And the same thing for entrepreneurs and, and business people and top executives. Let's be efficient and get the result. And, and I hope it feels easy for you. So what are kind of maybe some like uh, different things, you know, some of the guys that are watching this, you know, they're like, okay, cool. You know, I'm at the gym right now. I think I'm eating healthy. Maybe I'm eating paleo, maybe I'm eating keto or whatever that may be, you know. Um, what are some things they can take and start to implement right now today? Yeah, yeah, this is this is an awesome question. I, I truly think that people are addicted to hard sometimes, right? It's like they it's almost like this unconscious thing where a person needs to feel like they've they've uh, they deserve something. And so they got to go super hard to pro prove to themselves that they deserve, you know, a certain amount of money or a certain amount of fitness. Right. No different right. than the guy spending 12 to 16 hours a day at work. It's like at some level, there's this like, I have to feel like I've deserved this wealth. And so I got to prove to myself how hard I can make it. I think people do that in fitness all the time. They yeah. want to give up. They want to give up carbs. They want to give up all cocktails forever. They'd want to do two a days. And so what are some things that a person need could do and make it much more efficient? The first thing that we would do is get really clear on the actual outcome. What do you want to look like, right? Because if there's a guy that wants to lose 50 pounds, it's completely okay for that guy to buy a Peloton bike and do it three, four, five times a week and not go to a gym. We can lose weight doing a whole bunch of, of stuff. Sure. Now, I have, uh, I don't know if per people can see the video, but I have a vision board in back of me and forever, the top picture is always King Leonidas in 300, oh, right? Yeah. If you know people have seen 300, King Leonidas with the shirt off yep. is you know, six packed out and strong and powerful. If a person's like, I want to look like that, then we got to put the Peloton away, we got to put the group fitness class away, and we got to get a little bit more serious about you know training in the in an actual real gym, and then we can outline what that plan looks like and really go for that goal in a straight line instead of like doing the wrong thing to try to get a result. So I think a lot of times people try stuff and they're not actually really clear about what that final result looks like, right? It's like, sure, yeah. tell me what you want and then I can customize a plan to get you there. Generally speaking, you know, people do a bunch of fad diets. They think it's easier to just do intermittent fasting or keto or paleo because there's some hard rules and it's easier for them, especially as high performing businessmen to be like, you know what? Easy. I'll just cut out carbs and I'll lose weight. And it works for a little bit. But inevitably it plateaus and then they're going, well, I'm not eating carbs. I don't really understand why it's not working. And so they don't understand the real mechanism that drives actual fat loss. Then they get frustrated or they get sick of not eating carbs or they can't sustain it for the rest of their lives. And inevitably they fall back. And so creating a sustainable plan, teaching a person, not, not, not only telling a person what to do, but teaching them their actual mechanism that can drive fat loss so that they can then go and have that business lunch or they can go and eat dinner with clients and understand, you know, they don't have to completely give up everything to, to lose weight. So for me, here's kind of our non-negotiables. Resistance training, 45 minutes to 60, to 60 minutes, three to four times a week, 
right? We're going to focus on getting getting a little bit stronger. That doesn't mean being power lifter. That just means following an intelligent uh, resistance uh, training program three to four times a week for 45 to 60 minutes. Okay. 10,000 steps per day. You have an Apple, you know, iWatch, a Fitbit, a cell phone. Keep track of how many steps you're actually taking because if you're like me even, I'm on this computer doing stuff like this all the time. I'll sure. look down at eight o'clock at night and I have like 2000 steps and I'm like, that is, that is sedentary, right? So 10,000 steps is like, okay, cool. We're, that's we're like active. your minimum. Yeah. We're active enough. And then number three is understanding calories, carbohydrates, fats, and uh, protein and understanding that your targets are not your brother-in-laws are not your sisters are not your wife's your targets are yours based on your meta metabolic rate. You have to figure out, approximately how much fuel you need and you need to hit them and it's actually not that hard it takes probably five minutes more extra per day and once you understand that you never struggle again and you could take your fitness from really bad to good or you could go from good to be that one person who's super elite in a relatively short amount of time depending on where you start no that's and that's interesting it's just, i mean like <clears throat> i know for me for as long as i remember i mean probably since CrossFit was ever around. Like I've always done CrossFit. Like you know, I used to own CrossFit gyms back in the day for a while oh, and things like that. And I've always just done CrossFit. You know, we built out a full gym in our basement and stuff. So, I mean, whether it's lifting heavy, you know, high intensity workouts, whatever that may be, you know, it's, and that's always worked great for me. But like you said, you see a certain time where you kind of plateau and, you know, even with intermittent fasting and stuff, you, you kind of hit that mark. And you're like, all right, well, you know, this is where I'm always kind of going to be at you know, with that overall, even though you're okay, cool, you know, maybe you want like somewhat like of a rip, you know, that ripped kind of physique and, you know, and everything else. And but you don't have to look like 300 all the way. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. If you don't, and, and that, that's my point is not everyone wants to, and that's why we could do a lot of stuff, right? If you want a certain goal, then the road gets narrower of options that you sure. have to go down. But the other thing is too, is like, I'm not interested in winning bodybuilding shows, I'm not interested in standing on stage. Yep. So therefore, I do fitness in a way that enhances, you know, like I said earlier, the business and the relationship, not necessarily, you know, put so much effort over there that I forget about, you know, taking my wife out to on date night or I have to, you know, eat chicken and broccoli and it makes everyone mad, right? Yeah. No, that's awesome. Cool. Well, we got a, a few minutes left. I know the one big thing that, you know, you guys are working with is, you know, just really working with entrepreneurs, helping them, you know, be better in all areas, um, health, um, fitness, uh, mindset, things like that. What's kind of, you know, one of the big things that you've found working with all these different clients that some people might resonate here with and like, oh, yeah, I'm having that same challenge that we want to kind of reach out to them on. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think that, I think that, you know, it's this, it's this really disconnect between outcome and the right path, just kind of what I said before. And I'm just going to be, because it's so important. I think that if a person listening to this would ask themselves right now, whether they're driving or listen, listening to this at a gym or whatever, and just ask themselves like, what, what do I want in terms of fitness? Right. And this is like a money. I know you talk a lot about money on this podcast. I had to do this with, you know, my own business. Like what specifically is the outcome that, that I'm looking for? Sure. Right. And then understanding that if you know that and you focus on that, that one thing and actually getting the result, there's people out there that can help you do it faster there. Or even if you don't want to search for that, 
it's just coming to the understanding that there's there's different roads but if you're on if you're on a road that takes you a like a different path it's like this long circular i'm never going to get there route to the destination right. in anything whether it's money or it's fitness like you can you can take a plane you can take a train you can take a car or you could ride your bike right if i'm going from la to new york city i would rather fly and i would rather fly first class and get there in the shortest, most comfortable amount of time, sure. rather than see how hard I can make it on myself just to prove to myself that I deserve it by wearing some medal that I'm like, oh, I'm mentally tough now. I went from LA to New York, but I stopped at 18 different places and I rode a bike half the way. And it's like, look, man, we can, we can, we can make stuff a lot easier on ourselves if we give up the need, the necessity to prove to ourselves how much we deserve something based on how much, how hard we make it. I had to learn this in business. I had to learn this with money, right? It was like, I felt like I always had to overwork and overprove, and that just makes it hard at sure. some level that was taught to us. And that's in our subconscious. And I just like to tell everybody, look, man, you don't have to, ha you don't have to make everything super hard. You can do stuff in an easier, more efficient way. And the result is just as awesome. Right. And that that's contrary to a lot of people out there. I'm just like, look, make all the money you want to make, get as fit as you want to be fit. True high performance is being elite in every category, not being yeah. a nine in business and a four in fitness. It's not being a nine in business, a seven in fitness and a two in your marriage or a two in your fatherhood. True high performance is being eight, nine or ten in business, eight, nine or ten in fitness, eight, nine or ten in relationship and family. And so what I'm what I'm excited about is just bringing that message out to people and showing them that it's probably not even an effort thing. It's just an alignment thing. And once you're aligned to that, the result actually isn't that hard. No, I think that's that's great. It's uh, when you were talking there about taking the plane or the bike. And I, I was remembered reading um, the one guy, Dean Carnassus, uh, the run runner, and he ran from California all the way to New York over 30 days and ran like a marathon each day. Basically ran a marathon every 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, and if someone likes that, I'll, I mean, they're, they can win that mental toughness award, right? They, for sure. they, they got my respect, right? There's no, there's no judgment there. I just, I just, man, I just want to live life and, and do it in a way that's fulfilling and it feels like a lot more flow and, and ease rather than a, a lot of pain, right? And so I think we all deserve that, but we gotta we gotta get aligned with the fact that we do deserve a life like that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Awesome. Well, uh, where can people find out more about your program or what you got going on? Yeah, so I'm most active probably on social media, John Madsen official, and so there's a bunch of links with a link tree to uh, a podcast that I have probably 180 episodes talking awesome. about stuff like that. So if you go to John Madsen official, you'll get to see more of me. If you, you know, slide into the direct messages, I try to answer as many as possible, but I just appreciate you, man. I appreciate being on a show like this. I love entrepreneurship. I love business ownership. I love people who are interested in high performance. And uh, I, I truly appreciate you giving me the time to, to speak on your show, man. Awesome. And one last question before we go. I know we didn't dive into a whole lot of business today. It was just super interesting what we were talking about. But obviously, you 
uh, everything that you've learned, you've, you know, cultivated over the last many years, I mean, you've got successful businesses and, and generate, you know, um, you know, generated uh, seven figures, you know, pretty quick over the last year and stuff with your, one of your new ventures there. And what's kind of that, maybe that one or two business things, I understand alignment and all that, but what's something, um, super important or something that you've learned that's helped you, um, just be successful in what you do in business before we uh, wrap up here. Yeah. Yeah. So just real, real long story, super short. Um, when I, when I opened up the gyms in Salt Lake city, there was like a, that's like a 10 year on ramp to what I'm doing now, right? About my daughter's age, three years ago, I decided that I wasn't going to be the guy that was working at five in the morning until sundown in the gym. Sure. I needed to scale better and get this message out using tools like social media and, uh, the ways that we can advertise. And so I, I made that business go hundred percent virtual so that, you know, we have an app and we can, we can scale out as uh, much as we, as much as we want. And for a long time I was stuck, right? I was just stuck right there at this level. I know people have probably felt it no matter how many skills that I acquired. It was like that, that income level was just steady. Right. Sure. And that was like a super frustrating thing for me and anybody else who's a high achiever. It's like, why can't I, why can't I break free? And I think, you know, the probably the biggest lesson over the past 24 months where we've went from, you know, a million to quadruple that and, you know, there's no end in sight is just the uh, the relentless pursuit, right? It's going into everything with a mindset of growth. Everything is not always going to go perfectly, as you know, and your listeners know. But if we can learn from every lesson, whether it's good or hard, we give ourselves the opportunity to continue that path forward, to continue that growth. Most people quit far too soon, right? I, I worked 10 years to um, to reach the year that finally changed my life forever, like a lot of entrepreneurs do. It's steady, 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 and all of a sudden everything clicks and it's like the bamboo plant that stays under the ground for however many years and then shoots up. So I think a lot of people stop three feet from gold. I think a lot of people give up on their dreams maybe a second or a year or two years too early. So um, for all you entrepreneurs and, and business owners out there, it's really going to be a game of endurance. It's going to be a game of persistence. It's ultimately going to be a game of turning up the dial on your desire and being willing and, and willing to invest into yourself and make sure that you can acquire both the mindset and skill set. Because when you invest in yourself, nobody can take it from you and the sky's the limit. Awesome. Guys, I hope you guys are really taking notes. Listen to what John's had to say today. Just everything from leveling up personally to business-wise, understanding health and and creating that, you know, that connection and everything for for you from a fitness standpoint, um, as well as an entrepreneur. And uh, go back, listen, watch this again, uh, take those notes, and then start applying them today. That's the biggest thing, you know, is we listen to a lot of stuff, we, we hear a lot of things, but until we actually take action on it, it's not going to actually help us. So, uh, John, again, thank you for coming on Making Bank today, and an honor to have you on the show, and just really appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. Super appreciate you. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. 
If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube. 